Welcome to the BA Knowledge Share. In this episode, I am honored to have Adam Sandman on this podcast and on the YouTube channel. Um, and Adam is the CEO and founder of Infectra. So Adam, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me on the show today. It's a pleasure to be here. Great. Thank you so much. Can you give us a little bit about your background and Inflectra? Absolutely. Uh, my background was I was working in the software development community. I started as a programmer and I was working in, in the United States, in Boston, L.A., and then the Washington, D.C. area where I live now, uh, working on building complex IT systems. And I was the my role was like a system architect. So we were building large IT systems. Um, my, my last job before I founded the company was working on large systems for the U.S. Navy, uh, with lots of complex requirements and complex systems that had to work together um, in often challenging and complicated in, in rugged environments. And what I found was that there was there was a lack of good tooling, particularly around the testing and requirements process and, and both parts of it. And uh, so I decided that, the, that we needed more options for the community, for the people working in that in that world. I mean, there were great tools for developers, always have been, probably always will be. Uh, but you know, people managing requirements were using Word documents and spreadsheets. People doing testing were largely using the same thing. And project managers were doing these giant plots using Gantt charts and MS Project. And the information wasn't well connected. You had no idea the quality of requirements, quality of the product until maybe the last you know, few months. And then it all was a mad dash to come together. And so I realized that was need, needing to have better software to handle those different pieces, but not just handle them separately, not just requirements, not just testing, not just project management, but really fusing that together into something that would make it easier for people to work across them. And that's why I started the company uh, to do that. That is, that's awesome. Can you sort of dig a little bit deeper into Inflectra and the inspiration? We already went through the inspiration behind the starting of the company and speak a little bit about the mission statement. Yeah, so our mission statement is to help companies deliver uh, high quality software faster and reduce risk. And it's those three key attributes that we think are important because obviously you can deliver faster. And that I think everyone, when they talk about agile and DevOps and CICD, um, they're talking about speed, getting code into production faster. But if that code or that system is not of high quality or you introduce risks into the system, uh, you're not making things better. You're just creating chaos. And so as a company, we've really realized that a lot of our customers, they struggle with delivering quality and, and managing risk. And what we find also is because they're working very fast and moving to agile, they are losing some of the quality principles that maybe they would have had. And we need to make sure that we, we as a tool company, obviously we can't do everything. We're just giving software tools. The process and the people and the training is key. That if we have software that helps guide people in the right way, and we've put thought into how the software is designed and used, we can kind of nudge people into doing things in a, I think, a high quality way, uh, having an understanding of risks and risk management and understanding the whole process from requirements through to development and testing. Um, and so we can be a force to help people make that better. But again, it's not, a, you know, it's not a journey we can do by ourselves. It relies on people who can do training and, cons and consulting and people to help people use the tools in, in the right way. But it's really a journey for our customers and as they go agile, go DevOps, but not lose quality and not introduce risk, which is the danger we seem to see. Great. Um, most of the audience that listens and actually all of the audience that listens to this podcast as well as that YouTube channel are business analysts within the analytics space. Um, sort of some of them slowly transitioning into the AI world. Um, what are some use cases on how organizations are using your products? Um, Great question. I mean, we have customers in different industries. So to pick a few of them, uh, we have customers in the aerospace industry, automotive, manufacturing, and, and those <clears throat> kind of environments, what they often have are complex hardware and software systems, 
where you have embedded software, you may have uh, one company making, like say, say it was automotive, it might make a dashboard uh, for a car with embedded computers and programming, and, and there's there's old microchips and embedded software, which is being updated. That's going to go into a larger you know, assembly, which then goes into the final product. So you could have multiple companies all working together. Well, who's managing those requirements? Uh, how are the software requirements being aligned with the, the hardware requirements and the delivery dates? And when they're being integrated together into the final product, uh, who's making sure that that whole thing is tested and matches the original requirements? Um, so that's sort of one typical use case. Another use case is really more in the business software world. You've got clients in financial services, insurance, banking, um, healthcare, where it's more traditional business IT systems. And what we find there is, is a different problem, which is that the requirements uh, are being designed, but you know, defined by people who are insurance experts, understand the regulatory landscape, and they have requirements defining that aspect. But then you have the software developers and the product owner who are working in an agile environment, and they have their own user stories and features and epics, and the two are not aligned. Mm -hmm. We've gone into an organization. It's funny, we went into uh, the second floor. I don't know which company it was. I won't, I won't mention the name, but the second floor, all for the product designers, and they're all working in on boards, agile boards with their user stories. And they said, these are our requirements for this insurance claim system. We went up to the third floor and talked to business analysts who are responsible to making sure that it complies with all 50 state laws and all the federal laws. And they have a whole bunch of requirements in documents. And they were like, well, these are our requirements. And we're like, well, we talked to them like, well, shouldn't these requirements be the same requirements or at least related? Oh yeah, once every two months, we get a meeting together and we link them all together and make sure there's no, no, no missing requirements. But if you're releasing in two-week sprints, if you're starting to move towards continuous development and continuous delivery, when is that going to happen? It's not going to happen. And that's the risk of a mismatch between what the business team realizes is needed in a system, or maybe by law has to be in the system, and then what the designers and developers are putting in may not be aligned until it goes live or near live, and then you have problems. So our software really is really good at helping bringing those diverse communities together, because we have, when we get to the demo, I, I can show people different views of information, because different people have different need different views of often related or similar information. And right now it's in different places, not well connected. And the process that people are following to deliver the software doesn't necessarily tie them together. And then when you throw in hardware and software, hardware developers are very different breed than the software people. Um, mm -hmm. look at the automotive industry, they come from a very different mindset around quality, around the hardware fit of a car. Software people are all about the interconnectivity and updates. And these, these cultural worlds are now colliding in real time as we're building these self-driving driving vehicles what's called software-defined vehicles. The same thing is happening in medical space. You have, uh, we have a customer that makes pacemakers and stuff where it's onboard software on a, you know, on a physical device implanted into the body. It's got to go through all the safety testing and all the requirements that come from the FDA have to be followed, but it's still ultimately is software and it's hardware. And how do you make sure that that, qu that quality is high enough and there aren't risks because you can't push an update so easily if it's in inside someone's body um, doing a, a critical function for them. So it's this, mission critical world that software is becoming more involved in and our software really helps with those use cases in particular. No, it's interesting you bring that up because um, in this changing dynamic world, right, things are constantly changing rapidly, right? And we have agile two-week sprints. It's really how do you get these just-in-time requirements where everyone's in sync? So it's very interesting to hear what your product offers, right? And that's so important in this day and age. Um, so speaking about, I know you, you brought up a demo. I'm really curious to see how your product works. And uh, if you could sort of demo your product to the audience, that'd be great. Absolutely. That, that's wonderful. And uh, let me just share my screen. And well, before I bring it up, just to mention, I know there's a lot of interest in AI machine learning in this space. 
Um, we're still beginning the investigations of how that's going to work. But I do think, uh, you know, language models like ChatGPT and OpenAI will have a role in requirements analysis. Maybe it's defining, helping to write requirements. Maybe it's editing. Maybe it's rating them. Who, maybe it's translating them. But there's lots of things I think AI is going to help with. And, and we haven't addressed that yet. But that's, I think, an exciting part of the journey for us as a tool vendor, but also for your community. How is it going to change your job, remove the repetitive parts, add new insights? So it's, a, it's an interesting world. Um, yeah. Anyways. Oh, I just need to, if you could give me host sharing, that would be great. Absolutely. No problem. And if you want to reach out to me, I, uh, I am on LinkedIn. Um, I'm not on Twitter so much these days, so I can certainly, um, you know, if there was questions, they can reach out to me on LinkedIn. Okay, great. Yeah. Make sure that you're able there to share. There we go. And you can see it now? I can, yeah, absolutely. Perfect. So this is our Spira product, and it does come in three different flavors. This is a Spira plan, which is based on our Spira team product, but has a few extra uh, features around risk management. And mm -hmm. so one of the key things we have here, and the analytics people will like it, I think, because if you've got all this information fused together, this is a sample product we have, and you can manage all these products and programs and manage them into portfolios. So if you are looking at scaled agile or you know portfolio safe and things, we have all of that built in already. So you can manage a project that contains other systems and subsystems, which is the real world. But on each of these dashboards, we're going to fuse together the key information. And this is just a sample one, but it would include things like current issues or current risks. Um, and the risk could be the business risks, technical risks. They could be manufacturing and safety risks if you're doing something like an FMEA project where your fault modes. Um, we support all of those types of methodology. We then want to understand, you know, people do care about schedule. As I mentioned, speed is always a, a driver. So what's a, what's our completion and how does that compare to our, our target? And so when we look at Inspire about completion, we're looking at requirements complete. Like, and that means that the full steps have done this. We've, do we define the requirement? Has it been signed off? Do we have user, case, uh, user stories? Do we have uh, test cases? Do we have the test passed? Tasks, codes committed, code review done. All the, 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 the gates of equality have been done. And that's when we say that requirement is complete. And we can then plot that against the different milestones and release dates that you have both sprint-based if it's uh, agile or if it's waterfall, it would be more um, phase-based. And then we're also going to include the quality metrics like requirements coverage. Can we Have we covered all these requirements with test cases? If not, what are the gaps? Where are the gaps and how quickly can we close them? What are the risks? We've got some tests that can't be run yet because they're blocked by the environment. So there's hidden failures we can't even get to. And then when things happen, we get defects and issues occur. We can see the defect counts, track these back to the requirements and see you know, this one requirement here uh, why has it got 21 open defects? Whereas the rest are much lower. You maybe there's a there's a design fault. Maybe there's a root cause we could address rather than fixing 21 issues. We can go back to the design, bring it back, look at it, and deal with it holistically. And that's always the problem. I think people will jump onto fixing 21 bugs. Maybe there's one root cause, one misunderstood design requirement that could could have addressed all of it. And so it helps you find the the noise, avoid the noise, and find the signal, as they say. Um, and then the other thing is we do have these different views. So just to go into requirements for a second in a more deep way, <clears throat> we found that different audiences like the different views. And if you present these in different ways, you can turn on those people into the system. So this is a classic QA view. So a QA manager comes in, they can see all the requirements, they can see the test coverage, they can track it in real time. It's exactly what they would want. If you go into the development community, you know they're all about boards and agile. And so we wanna see those same requirements in a board view. So we have that too. And you can see the requirements in the board view. You can look at the details. You can see these are the four test cases. So you graphically can see the progress and the coverage on the board. You can you know, move things around, do a daily stand-up, all of that. And then what we found was the BA community, and again, not, not to you know, not to, I'm not an expert, but they mm -hmm. found that one of the challenges with this view and the other view is 
The most important thing for the requirement for them is often what's written, but it's all hidden in tool tips or hidden in grids. So we added a document view for the, again, same information, not different. You can now see, and this is just you know, obviously fake text, but you can see all the requirements in a live living document that can be edited and you can still see the coverage. And, and what was happening is because we didn't have this view, people were creating Word documents and then living outside the system. So by adding this view and adding the mind map view, which I'm just gonna show next, um, what it did is it made the give the BAs a seat at the table. So they have functionality we've designed for them. And we can do diagrams in the system. We can do a lot of the non-textual requirements as well and use cases, things that are often forgotten in the project plan because everyone's focusing on tasks, you know, stories, code. And we obviously can do all that as well. But having this centralized view that really is requirements driven and requirements focused has really helped the different parts of the team work together, in, at least in our experience. No, this is this is great, right? So from a from a competitive advantage, it's it's all in one place. And the tool itself um, allows for documenting requirements, irrespective of you know, some some tools just ask for one liner, right? And that's only so much you can do with it. Right, right. So this is this is very interesting. Um and I like the the, the the Kanban sort of view that you had out there. So it, and, and then the test view, how that's connected. So it's traceability. Um, traceability is one of the key, and, one of the key attributes, absolutely. Right. right. Does this connect to sort of the objectives, the strategic goals? Um, <clears throat> Great question. And that's functionality that's coming in, in June. Where we what we've added is what we call capabilities and strategic objectives. And those are done not at this project level, which is where we where we're living right now. We're mm -hmm. going to have at the program level, we're going to have capabilities. So you can roll up different individual product uh, requirements up to a program level capability. And then at the portfolio level, you'll have business level strategic objectives, which those capabilities will roll up towards. So the idea being, if a business has an objective, a strategic objective being the number one consumer bank, let's say that's my objective, we want to be the number one consumer bank for consumer lending and, you know, uh, account access, account management, uh, or maybe the number one bank for mortgage lending, whatever it is, um, you could then decompose that into a series of different activities the company is doing to, to achieve that, which might be having the best mobile app for banking, the best website for banking, maybe having the best, um, you know, chatbot chat bot that allows people to do everything that way, whatever it would be, all those capabilities would be program level. And then you decompose it down to the Android app or to the iPhone app, which is an individual team working on a product. And that one feature that they're going to add to that one app is going to roll up to that objective, which that the you know CEO has told the, the board that we're going to be the number one uh, consumer facing bank in the world. Um, and if that feature is missing, they can't achieve that objective. So it helps align a company's direction from a product standpoint to the mission but what it does do is it also avoids one of the traps we see is the micromanagement trap. You don't want the CEO drilling down four levels into a Kanban board and saying, why is this task late? Yep. They need to be thinking about the objectives like, and then let the teams deliver. And that's one of the key design decisions in Spira is to avoid the, the micromanagement anti-pattern. Got it. Yeah, that, that, makes, that makes total sense. And I, as I said, I love the traceability part of it as well. Um, and you'd mentioned you have other features coming up. Um, and how often do you release, um, you know, the new features? Uh, we release the product every month. We have an update. Uh, some of the months will be you know, larger updates. The one coming in June is the one with the uh, capabilities feature and the roll up. Uh, and then we, we may do smaller ones in other months. But every month we do releases. And one other thing is we do have this product available, both cloud, SaaS, and also self-hosted for either private cloud or on-premise use. And those are also released simultaneously every month. And we do that because we have some customers in high assurance industries, like some of the automotive clients, certainly the, 
defense community, intelligence, and some of the banking, that they, they're not ready to put things on the public cloud or even pulling back from the public cloud in some in some cases. Um, so we, we've designed the product to be available both on, on a completely SaaS basis, globally hosted in different regions with different privacy rules, but also an on-premise option, and both are every month. And I'm sure that um, the one of the other features of this as well is you can archive the requirements, right? So you mm -hmm. can sort of see a historical view of what the changes have been, what was the original requirement. Correct. Um, yeah, and we have baselines. You can create snapshot baselines and compare them over time, exactly. Great. That's awesome. How do folks get in touch with uh, with you or your organization? Are they interested in, in looking or, or demoing this or driving this? Oh, thank you so much. Yes. To reach, to learn about the product, I mean, if you want to play around with it, please just go to our website. You can go to infletro.com, choose Spira Team or Spira Plan and do the free trial. It's available in five minutes. Uh, to get in touch with me, uh, LinkedIn is probably the best. Adam Sandman. There aren't, there's only two of us on LinkedIn that I know of. Um, and you'll see me with the, the the vest or waistcoat and the colored shirt on the uh, on the picture. Uh, LinkedIn is the best. Otherwise, if you want to reach out to the company for, for information on a trial or feature questions, um, there's a contact us form. And when you fill it out, it will go to the appropriate person that we have people all over the world who can answer questions. Uh, and that way, if you want to you know, get, get a demo set up for your team, uh, we have a live demo we'll do for your team to take questions. So again, if you want to in touch with me, LinkedIn, in touch with the company, probably the website contact us form is the fastest way to get us in touch. And then you can also do a self-service trial. Uh, if you want, if some people love playing around without being bothered, I get that. If you want someone to help you, call us. If you want to do it yourself, absolutely give it a play yourself. Great. Well, thank you so much, Adam, for your time. And I will put the information of your company in the show notes as well. So I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me on the show today. Thank you.